Hello, Hawks fans, and welcome to another episode of the Kettlecast with your host, Forrest Willoughby. On this episode of the cast, we talk about the Hawks' 117-118 to loss to the Dallas Mavericks. Despite big performances from John Collins, Trey Young, the Hawks are unable to hold on to a third-quarter lead, and a big fourth quarter from Dallas helps push them to the win in Dallas. Without further ado, let's get into it. Another disappointing loss to the Dallas Mavericks. The Mavericks came into Atlanta last week, took control of the game, got a 10-point lead early, and were able to hold on to that lead through the whole game and get out of Atlanta with the win. The Hawks went into Dallas, had a much better game plan, were prepared for the double team on Trey that Dallas had used to surprise the Hawks in Atlanta, but were unable to hold on to a 13-point third-quarter lead and really let a hot uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. and a really good game from Jalen Brunson take the game. The Hawks did have an opportunity to get the win at the end of the game, and there was a controversial no call that we still haven't seen the last two-minute report to see if that was a correct no call or what was the uh, correct call for that play in a play where Trey Young set a screen and kind of got run over by Willie Cauley-Stein, but just a brutal loss for the Hawks. The Hawks did a good job of getting up at halftime. The Hawks had an awesome second quarter one where they held the Dallas Mavericks to only 19 points and scored 30 to take a 10-point lead at half. And then they did a good job of really holding on in the third quarter. It looked like there was a couple times the Mavericks could make runs, and the Hawks were able to answer the the Mavericks' challenge each and every time. But in the fourth quarter, Tim Hardaway Jr. and the Mavericks went on a huge run. Really, to end the third quarter— They got a shot for Jalen Brunson to cut an 11-point lead to a 9-point lead right at the buzzer of the third quarter. And then uh, THJ went on his own 7-0 run to start the fourth quarter, and it was tough for the Hawks to kind of build a lead. The Hawks did a good job. Again, the second half was really back and forth for both teams. Anytime one team would hit a shot, the other team would come down and hit an equally as impressive shot. One of the things, one of those examples of that was in the fourth quarter, um, the Mavericks had cut the lead down to two, and Kevin Herter got the ball for a deep three, took it with confidence. Kevin Herter had a really good offensive game in Dallas, hit the three, and then the Mavericks came down, found Kristaps Porzingis in the corner who hit a three, and it was just back and forth. I really thought that as good as Tim Hardaway Jr. was to start the fourth quarter, really the big momentum swing was one of the chances the Hawks had to to get a shot up in the fourth quarter uh, Clint Capella was charged with an offensive foul where he pushed Jalen Brunson in the back. Um, and that was either going to be a foul on Jalen Brunson when he runs into Trey Young shooting a three-pointer. And they called this foul on Clint Capella where he kind of pushed Jalen in the back and not getting really set in the screens. The officiating is going to be talked about because of the last play. Again, the Hawks were down one point with uh, 4.7 seconds left to go. They ran an out-of-bounds play where Kevin Herter was throwing the ball in. Trey Young came up and set a screen for John Collins, who was being defended by Willie Cauley-Stein. Willie Cauley-Stein just frankly runs through Trey Young, um, and John Collins gets free to the basket. Kevin Herter doesn't really look uh, John Collins' way, but gets the ball to Danilo Gallinari, who has this kind of fading shot on the left side of the basket. Really tough shot. He misses it, and the Mavericks get the win. The Hawks did a couple of good things down the stretch of the game. Again, they had this nine-point lead going into the fourth quarter, and it sort of felt like with that barrage by Tim Hardaway Jr. that 
it was just going to be a blowout by the Mavericks. And the Mavericks got all the way up. They hit two threes, one by Luka Doncic and one by Jalen Brunson in the corner to go up six. The Hawks called a timeout. They got the ball to Trey, got Trey in a mismatch with Willie Cauley-Stein. Trey got Willie Cauley-Stein in the air and got three free throws. And then the next possession down, the Hawks were able to find Tony Snell, again, who's just continued his hot shooting from three-pointer, who hits a corner three to tie the game. And from that point on, it was either team's game. It was back and forth, and it was really just who was going to have the last shot. Um, some strong performances on the Hawks' side of the ball. John Collins has just really destroyed Dallas anytime he's faced them. Um, there's been some rumors lately that the Dallas is really interested in John Collins, and with the way he plays against them, I'm not surprised. John was 13 of 18 from the field, 1 of 3 from three-point land. Again, Kettlecast fans, you're going to know, I want him shooting more than three three-pointers a game. He did get to the free-throw line, which was extremely encouraging. He got there six times, made all six. Had 33 points, eight rebounds. Three of those were offensive. He had one awesome rebound. I don't know if they even call it a rebound, but Trey took a shot at the end of uh, the shot clock. It was super short. Willie Colley-Stein went up and kind of high-pointed it, but John was behind Willie Colley-Stein, and he was able to time uh, Willie Colley-Stein's jump, get his arm up, steal the ball, and just have an easy layup. It was, it was a beautiful play. Um, Trey and John also combined for just a ridiculous alley-oop where Trey got so deep in the paint and was able to toss it up and John really just guided it in for a, a monster alley-oop but um, him and Trey's connection was pretty strong in this game John also had one assist a block and the Hawks were plus 11 when John Collins was on the court Kevin Herter again had a good game he was 9 of 15 from the field 4 of 7 from three-point land only one of two from the free throw line had 23 points eight rebounds only three assists Remember, he had a double-double in the Hawks' first game against the Mavericks. And um, Kevin Herter just continues to to show to perk up on offense a little bit. He has been a lot more confident shooting that three ball, and he also had a beautiful drive to the basket where he threw about two moves at his defender, got all the way in for a layup. Trey Young. Trey Young had a very good game. He had 25 points, 15 assists, only three turnovers. He had a block. He was second on the team. The Hawks were plus seven when he was on the court. But I thought there was a couple instances where Trey took really early three-point shots. And with Trey, he hits a couple of those. In fact, one of the big plays of the game, Trey takes a deep three-pointer, gets fouled by Kristaps Porzingis for a four-point play. But there was a couple times, especially just it feels like Trey's trying to take a kill shot early in the game or really you know, spark his team. And it's like, Clay or Trey, you have so many good offensive weapons. You don't need to settle for that early three-pointer. Again, he hit a couple threes. He was 4 of 11. You want Trey to be aggressive and to take those shots, but there are a couple times, just a few, where, you know, he doesn't need to be taking 11 three-pointers or unless he's, you know, 5 of 10 or um, Roland has eight threes or something. But, you know, Trey had a great game, especially finding teammates. I mean, he was making passes between the Mavericks' legs to get his guys good shots. he, He fed Clint Capella the ball at the basket. Um, he got John Collins a lot of buckets. He was throwing every pass in the book to his teammates. But if he could get his shooting just a little bit better, um, a little more efficient, which is a you know a nitpick against Trey Young, but um, in a game they lost by one point, that that nitpick comes up. He only got to the free throw line six times. Again, it was a very just I thought it was a very weirdly officiated game, or just one that um, 
the Hawks got into the bonus in the fourth quarter with about seven minutes to go and ultimately only shot four free or three or five free throws um, in that fourth quarter after the bonus. It just didn't feel like Trey was able to get a lot of his shots. I will give the officiating credit. A lot of times that Trey was fouled, they said it was on the floor, gave it to the Hawks on the side. And there was a key play in the fourth quarter where Luka got fouled. He actually hit the shot, and they said they wiped off the the shot, and they said it was on the floor. And so that was the exact same thing they had been calling for Trey. But Trey was unable to get to the free throw line as he normally did. That didn't stop the Hawks from getting to the free throw line. The Hawks were able to get to the free throw line 28 times. Um, that was, you know, a lot of John Collins. Gall- Danilo Gallinari got to the free throw line six times. So the Hawks were able to continue get to the free throw line. But um, when Trey, who's such a good free throw shooter, isn't able to get there to take some easy points off the off the scoreboard. Danilo Gallinari came off the bench, and it wasn't one of Danilo's best games as a Hawk. He was 2 of 12 from the field, 1 of 7 from three-point land. Again, he hit all of his free throws, 6 of 6. He had 11 points. The Hawks bench only scored 23 points, and that was a big advantage for Dallas. Dallas scored 51 points off their bench. But 11 of those came from Danilo, and then 12 points came from Hill and Snell, Solomon Hill and Tony Snell, who each had two three-pointers. And that's the full scoring off the bench for the Hawks. A big, you know, miss for the Hawks. Not only did they not have DeAndre Hunter, who would surely help um, shore up the defense, but no backup point guard. Uh, Rajon Rondo wasn't available for this game, and uh, Brandon Goodwin didn't play very much. He didn't score, and he had he had an open three. He only got a few shots up, but just not having that backup point guard and Trey having to play so many minutes, it, it was impressive to see Trey play so many minutes but and still hit a big three down the stretch and be in there and willing to set a screen for the last play of the game. But I thought the lack of a backup point guard really hurt the Hawks. For the Mavericks, of course, you start with Luka Doncic. He, had, he was 9 of 18, ended the game with 28 points, a triple-double with 10 rebounds, 10 assists, 2 blocks, and 5 turnovers. One frustrating part of this game, again, to get back to the officiating a little bit, is Solomon Hill got an early technical in this game. Um, and he got a technical when he wasn't really close to any of the officials. I don't know what he said, but him and Luka seemed to get into it early. He was one of the def- primary defenders on Luka Doncic. And that early technical um, came down. That's one point in the game. And then, you know, Luka was complaining a lot. I thought Josh Richardson was complaining a lot for the the Mavericks, and they didn't even get so much as a warning. But uh, Luka, triple-double, 10 rebounds, 10 assists, two blocks. One of those blocks was a beautiful one on Trey when Trey was in transition, got all the way to the basket, and Luka had this nice swipe down, knocked the ball off of Trey out of bounds. So it was the um, Mavericks ball. But Luka was able to kind of – he did a lot of his damage in the paint right at the line. He, the Mavericks were able to get him matched up with Trey a lot. I thought that Trey did a good job competing, but Lucas just a lot bigger than Trey is. And there were a couple times where the Hawks defense, for whatever reason, just allowed Luka to get right to the basket and get some easy layups. Um, Jalen Brunson and Tim Hardaway Jr. off the bench were just huge for the Mavericks. Brunson, who's kind of a backup point guard for the Mavericks, was 9 of 18 from the field, 2 of 6 from three-point land. He ended the game with 21 points. Had four rebounds and four assists, and he was able to get to the basket just as easy. It was a weird game for Hawks big men. I, Clint Capella did not have a particularly good game, and a lot of that was because the Mavericks were having their big man, whether it was Kristaps Porzingis, 
Maxi Kleba, or Willie Kylie Stein not stand in the paint. They were pulling um, Clint away from the basket a lot of the time. It was interesting because the Hawks defended uh, the starting lineup of the Mavericks with Maxi Kleba and Kristaps Porzingis with John Collins guarding Porzingis and Clint Capella guarding Kleba. And Kleba's a very good three-point shooter and a guy who's going to stand on the perimeter a lot, and I think that hurts a lot of what uh, Clint Capella can do defensively. I I kind of thought the Hawks should have had Capella on Porzingis, but they stuck with the matchup as it was. Um, And Porzingis didn't have a big game. He was 6 of 14 from the field, 1 of 5 from three-point land, um, 2 of 2 from free throws for 15 points and 4 rebounds. So John did a fine job, but the rest of the Hawks were really hurt by the points in the paint. Um from Dallas. Dallas outscored the Hawks 50 to 46 with points in the paint. Um, and Clint Capella just never really had an opportunity to get going. I thought that Dallas did a really good job of not allowing Capella to be a force in this game. Tim Hardaway Jr. ended the game with 16 points, 6 of 10 from the field, 3 of 3, 3 of 5 from three point land. It was a classic uh, Timmy showing where he just got really hot in the fourth quarter. Um, he's a very emotional and very uh, he wears his emotions on his sleeve. And after he got a couple shots going in the fourth quarter, he was demanding the ball and he was going up. And he, it was just he really pulled the team back into it and changed the uh, emotion of the game. Willie Colley Stein was a game high plus 19. The Mavericks were plus 19 when Willie Colley Stein was on the court. He was five of six from the field. He was four of four from the free throw line. He's a 58% free throw shooter, so him hitting all four of his free throws is frankly ridiculous for 14 points. Um, and then he didn't get the foul called on, on against him in the last play of the game um, when he just ran over Trey Young in a pick. Um, Glenn Willis, who covers the Hawks for Peachtree Hoops, was on Twitter talking about uh, you know that last play and what the rules are for the NBA and how the person who's setting the screen has to allow the other player at least to see them if they're setting the screen on the side or allow them to be able allow the person who they're setting the screen on to change direction and so give them at least a space enough for one step if they're setting it behind them um and so i don't really know if 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 it was an illegal screen or not uh lloyd pierce after the game said he was told by the officials that they actually spared trey young and that it was a foul against trey young um, an illegal screen. It, it looked like just Willie Colley Stein running over Trey Young. In fact, uh, he raises his elbows a little bit too. Um, but for whatever reason, Willie didn't get that didn't get called for a foul, and he only had two fouls. Um, he's in. He's only had two games where he's played more than twenty minutes, or where he's played more than the amount of minutes he played against the Hawks, and he's only had two fouls, and he was just extremely effective he had a couple times where I thought he was able to uh bully John Collins around and John wasn't able to get the call and it was just strange to see uh Willie Cully Stein be as effective as he was against the Hawks in this game um but the Hawks you know they had a nine point lead they had an 11 point lead with 30 seconds to go in the fourth in the third quarter before going into the fourth and they had a bad switch where Jalen got a really easy look to make that shot and cut it to nine. And then I'll give them average credit. They came out and they hit a lot of shots in the fourth quarter, a lot of tough shots. Timmy Hardaway Jr. didn't make any uh, real easy shots. He took a three with John Collins right in his face. He took the ball the length of the court and made a ridiculous drive for one of his lay-ins. 
um, but really changed the energy of the game and, and really put the Hawks on the back foot. The Hawks were able to get into the bonus in the fourth quarter, again, with over half the period left and weren't able to take advantage of that, despite shooting more free throws than the Mavericks. And the Hawks had multiple chances with under a minute to go to take the lead. Kevin Herter had a layup that was a tough shot um, that he couldn't get to go. And then after getting Jalen Brunson to miss a a three um, that he was wide open, the Hawks actually kind of dodged a bullet there. the Hawks got this play to John Collins where they weren't able to convert and, you know, they, they head out of Dallas with a one-point loss. So just a brutal loss, especially after having, you know, the game in Atlanta where the Hawks were never really in it and had to fight all the way back and really only get in it under a minute to go. I have the flip of that happen where the Hawks are in control the entire game and then let it slip away in the fourth quarter. Um they don't have a lot of time to think about this game or, or worry about what happened or what went wrong um, before playing the Spurs at home on Friday. But just a brutal loss, and it moves the Hawks to 11-13. and 13. They have 12 more games before the All-Star break, and um, we'll see where they're at. But brutal game, one you hope that Haw- the Hawks are able to win when they get such strong performances across the board from Collins, Herder, Trey, and, and Trey. But... The Hawks weren't able to do it, so just <laughs> brutal loss, and uh, we'll move forward and talk about the Hawks game against the Spurs tomorrow. Go Hawks! Thank you for catching this episode of the KettleCast. You can reach me at kettlecast at gmail.com. Go Hawks!